Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mondo Show. Listen, there is power in words. The Bible says that life and death is in the tongue. And words can either bring you life or, unfortunately, they can bring death. A few days ago, I experienced that when my nemesis in the gangs, he became a good friend afterwards, I got a call a few days ago that he had committed suicide. And I thought to myself, what could, bri- what could bring this person that was full of life, a person that was the life of the party, to a place of hopelessness? I didn't have to go that far back to think that, you know what, words matter. And when I got the call, I couldn't stop myself to think about all the words that were spoken over my life. The world said, lock them up, throw the key away. And I began to realize that the words that society was throwing in my face was affecting me in a deeper way than I thought. I never realized the power of words could bring hope to someone or it can bring death into someone's life. I had to perform the funeral a few days ago and I had the opportunity to talk about the power of words. Listen, I don't know what you see when you see yourself in front of the mirror. I don't know what thoughts are crossing your mind throughout your day, but if people knew the real you, my question to you is this, will they still consider you the person they thought you were? Perhaps maybe you're dealing with something dark, depressing, and the thoughts are just bringing you down. You're thinking that no one's hearing you and that you feel invisible in the conversations that you're having. Or maybe you're screaming what I call a silent scream when no one can hear you. But my question is, have you ever asked yourself, and I think we all have asked ourselves this question, what's the point of this life, of the same everydayness that can weigh on us? The pressure, the cultural pressure, how do we look, how we talk, how we carry ourselves? Am I going to fit in? Am I not going to fit in? Am I going to be popular? Is my post going to be liked by people? Is it going to be shareable? Listen, if life is really a gift from a loving God, then where do we go from there? If so, shouldn't our souls burn to love him back with our lives? The question that a lot of people ask me is, why was I born? What does that look like? I'm glad you're asking that because in her latest book titled The Return, Reflections on a Loving God, listen, best-selling author Lacey Sturm offers a collection of thoughts on how Jesus helps us to see the world with new eyes and makes the mundane things in life beautiful. My special guest is a mother, a wife, a writer, speaker, and musician. Lacey Sturm was the original voice behind the platinum best-selling international rock band Flyleaf. And she released her first solo project in 2016, which debuted at number one on the Billboard Hard Rock album chart. If you don't know who I'm talking about by now... I want you to get a taste of who Lacey Sturm is and the voice behind this soft-spoken soul. I want you to check this music video out, rock from the album title, Life Screams. Check this out. Can't hold my head up in this dark room anymore. I need a lightning bolt to raise me from this grave. Here comes fresh fire. 
That's one of my favorite music videos of all time. I got to tell you that. Lacey speaks and performs in diverse venues, including mainstream rock festivals, conferences, and churches. She has been involved for many years with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, the Whosoever's, and Poles, and is the author of two other books titled The Reason... If you haven't read this one, you're missing out. And the mystery, this one as well. And today, she's here to talk about her latest book title, The Return, Reflections on Loving God Back. I want you to help me welcome best-selling author, and I love this title right here, Rock Princess, Lacey Sturm to the program. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm great. What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it is an honor to have you on the program today. When you look back, before I get started, I just got to ask you a fan question. When you look back at the music video that you guys shot, what goes through your mind? Wow. (laughs) Well, my my sister's in the video acting, um, and I was just thinking about how all the things that we've been through as a family and um, just things that we've seen and the fact that she was, she understood some of the stuff, um, just the mentality of feeling broken and feeling like you're just trying to survive in life and trying to make, you know, I don't know, just trying to make something when it feels empty, no matter what you do. I believe that the power, the greatest tool we have is our story. No one can tell it better than us. And if there's something at the end of the day, you may feel, man, I don't have the the platform. I don't have what it takes. No, you have your story. Your story can change lives. And I want you to share your story because at the age of 16, you were about to do something that would have been life-changing, and it was life-changing. Can you share a little bit about what was going through your mind? What was what emotions were you going through at 16 years old? I guess at 16, I had come to an, the end of a very long um, wrestling with what's the point of this life, like you were talking about um, when you first started the the show. You were you were talking about how we all ask that question: What's the point of this life? And I heard, you know, my mom talked to me about God since I was little. Um, and I believed when I was younger. And then when I was 10 and had uh, a cousin that was three at the time that he was, he was really close to our family and he was beaten to death by his stepfather. Um, I just remember at that point realizing that God, if he was real, wasn't going to keep us safe. And he didn't, 
care and or he was evil um or there was no god and i think it helped it made me feel a little bit better just think maybe there is no god although it was it was just a big blow and a shock um that life was could be so evil and how do you respond to that well um I began to hate happy people because <laughs> I thought either you're naive or you're messed up to be happy in a world where children can get beaten to death. And, um, there's nothing to be happy about in this life. And so I liked people who were, uh, who were suspicious of happy people too. I, I hated most people. I, I developed a lot of hatred in my heart. And by the time I was 16, um, you know, the scriptures say, I've said before you life and death. And you said that as well in the in the beginning that we can speak life and death in the power of our tongue, you know. Um and I think that freedom, uh, we don't understand that there's freedom on both sides. Um there's freedom to choose life and there's freedom to choose death. And I thought that when people would talk about God, they were just trying to control you and um put their their ideas, you know, on you that, you know, may not apply to your life or to your history or perspective. And I just didn't, I just thought it was about control. And so if somebody told me, God says, this is a sin, I would go do it. And I would do it to show you can't control me. And what I didn't realize is that it's, you know, if God wanted to control you, he'd make you a tree and you would just grow and die and whatever and seasons around you would, and you wouldn't be able to walk or say or do anything. <laughs> so interesting. You said about the life and death in the tongue, because it's such a, it's, you, you come into agreement with, um, life or you come into agreement with death with your tongue. Um, and so I just was constantly speaking death out of my mouth about myself and to the people around me. And agreeing with with death all the time and uh, all kinds of ways and so by the time I was 16 I had chosen death so many times because when you when you make that those choices you don't realize that inside your soul is dying because the what what God calls sin is you know missing the mark that's the definition of the Greek word is when in the scriptures or the Hebrew word is to miss the mark uh, of love because God is love. Right. So, um, so when we choose it constantly and we miss that mark or constantly choosing death, that's where we end up. <laughs> we end up in death. And so I was just tired. It, it wears your soul out the more you choose death. And I was just ready to not wake up anymore. So by the time I was 16, um, had made enough choices and saw, like tried to find the highs of life and all kinds of things crash afterwards and realize it's not there. That's not, you know, I can't figure out a way to sustain any kind of reason for living. Um, so I'm going to stop. And, um, as an atheist, you know, you don't have any obligations to keep living. If you, you don't realize you were made on purpose, <laughs> if you feel like an accident, then why not stop this terrible accident? But if you're made on purpose by loving God, that's a different story, which I did believe in. Here I was planning to end my life. Wow. I sat down yesterday with my daughter, 
and as she walked in, I was, you know, preparing for this interview and I had your music on and she walked in and she said, dad, who is she? You know, and I began to tell her about you and, and share what God has, you know, through your writings, what your experience. And I want to thank you because it's you, your experience, everything, your voice, your empower, empowering voice. It's what my daughter is looking for. It's what my daughter is searching for. And she's only 11, but I want you to know at 11 years old, you can struggle with a lot as well. And I want to thank yeah. you because you have inspired her. It doesn't take long to become an inspiration. But how did you discover you had a voice to deliver a message through the music that a lot of people have labeled hard rock? I still am discovering that. I, I just really, I, honestly, I... I would I would have died if it wouldn't have it wouldn't if God wouldn't have intervened in that moment of wanting to end my life that happened twice in my life and that first time it was very clear from an atheist to a believer in God in a in that moment just knowing whoa God is real and if I were to be if I were to be cast into hell or cast into darkness or cast away from God, the author of life forever, that would be justice. And I almost wanted that more than I wanted to be in the presence of this holy God, all covered in all the memories. And the because I saw my life flash before my eyes at that moment. And I talk about this in the reason, my first book, and I saw all of my sin for what it was. And, and I literally encountered God um, and one of the things when you, when you actually believe there's a God, when you actually know God is real and your life isn't just an accident, but you're made with a purpose and an intention to be one of his works of art, <laughs> um, you, as a human being, you kind of are silenced about your own plans. <laughs> you're like, I didn't have any plans. I, I plan to die, you know? And so I, but after I had this encounter with God, I remember waking up going, okay, well, why do you care about me? And, and I think just the first thing I understood was just that he loved me. And, and with the return, I mean, the, the subtitle being reflections on loving God back, I realized like the only response to God's love is either to just fall on your face and die because what else can he do? Which is what he offers with the cross and baptism, that we get to die in the waters of baptism and raised to new life with him, which eventually I did do that. But this first day, I remember going, I wasn't supposed to be waking up today. I was supposed to be dead. And, and here I am alive because you saved my life and because you you put me here for a reason. So why? And so um, it was kind of a moment of surrender daily of like, okay, here's another day. I could die tomorrow, but here I am again. You know, I just kept feeling his love for me in, in all kinds of ways, like this whisper of love, seeing this, the, the, the trees and the birds and, and the, the art of, of all of his creation and new, with new eyes. These are all love letters to us to show us that he's a beautiful, loving, musical, passionate God. And we are the his crown of creation is humanity. So I just remember being fascinated all the time and feeling so overwhelmed by his love afterwards. And, um, 
my response was, well, this is the life you gave, so do what you want with it. <laughs> and that's it. And that's kind of what the return is all about. It's about um, saying that to God and saying, okay, well, here I am. What's right in front of me, you know, that I can love you back with? And um, part of that was like every encounter I had with a person or like, so I would feel his love for them. And um, does that mean that I, you know, help help them out some way, like serve them somehow, like wash their dishes or, you know, like, what does it mean? Does it mean I talk to them about, you know, what's going on in their life? Does it mean that I, I'm like, whatever that means. Um, and so I just kept having that kind of mentality about each encounter, like each thing that I was brought to and, and it just snowballed into where I'm at today <laughs> and it continues to be that thing. So there were, there were opportunities that would be open in front of me that were in, I could never have imagined for myself to be on stage with, you know, Korn or Metallica or Franklin Graham, or to get to meet, you know, Billy Graham one day, like, and to be invited to share what God's done in my life. Like you said, um, that's all we need to know. We don't have to know all the answers of everything. We, we just need to know our own experience and that's easy. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like I have to write out a speech, which I'm impressed with people who do that stuff. I just have to tell what I've seen. <laughs> I don't have to be smart or funny or know all the answers. I just have to tell what happened to me. <laughs> I'm a witness. Like I witnessed this. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Listen, so. you're watching my special guest, best-selling author of The Return, Reflections on Loving God Back, Lacey Sturm's latest title of her book. I want you to know, Lacey, one of my favorite parts of your book is Dear Reader. I don't know why it got me. To be honest, I, I became vulnerable myself as, as I was reading every letter, every sentence in this opening of the book because you became open yourself. You're writing about your experience. You can see your personality on every sentence, every word, every phrase. Why did you feel it was so important to be open and vulnerable as you wrote this book? Uh, well, isn't that the way that God is with us? <laughs> You know, I mean, he died naked and bleeding on a cross, taking all of our sin and shame on himself so that we could be honored. I mean, my book, the reason is about going through being hate, hating myself and hating people. And then all I did was that and the rest God did. <laughs> and he just transforms us. It's, it's you know, um, he wasn't ashamed to identify with all of the horrible things and the horrible person that I was by dying as me on the cross. So who am I to not be open when he says, share what I've done for you? You know, of course, you know, I'm going to wear my wedding ring and be, and take my husband's last name and be like holding his arm and being like, you know, if he says, you know, tell, you know, tell him about me, I'll tell him, you know, it's the same with the Lord. It's like, God, God saved my life. Um, if he wants to take it right now, he can, and that's his prerogative, but here I am. 
And so if I can write a book and share how he's no respecter of persons, like he, each one of us is somebody he died for, somebody he identifies with, you know, like when you, um, I, I know that when somebody's gone through the same thing that you've gone through, it makes you so open and easy to tell them what you've walked through. You know, like you hear, say you're in jail and you, and you see somebody, you know, maybe you are in there for assaulting someone and they're in there for murder. And you're like, well, I guess I can tell you what I've done, you know, but if you're sitting in front of, you know, somebody that you, you've, you, you view as a peaceful person, you'd be like, well, I don't know if I can tell you what I've been through. But what I think is amazing is that Christ became sin on the cross and he can identify you because that person knows why you, you ended up the place you were at. He knows how you got there. He knows how to get out of it. He knows how to justify you before the Lord with his blood. Like to me, to be open and honest and vulnerable is not a, it's not something that I would do uh, naturally. I mean, I remember before I put out the mystery, it's about my horrible mistakes in the area of romance. I don't want to tell anybody that's those stories, but I also know that God exposed many lies of the enemy in that season of my life. And if he, and if God says, tell other people so that they know the lies of the enemy and don't fall into those traps, I'm like, okay, I'm selling on the devil. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's not even about me. It's about what has God done and what and how he he causes us to overcome. It's all his like <laughs> his like was the current that we float in, and we can talk about the adventures we go on as we relax in that, and the trauma we suffer as we resist, <laughs> you know, and just show people how to just rest in him and totally surrender and just go with it, you know. I don't know. I love it. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> you got to go get this book. I'm telling you, it's not your everyday book. I mean, she shares even the guacamole recipe, by the way. <laughs> the, I love it. Listen, I was expecting a different type of book, but then I started reading, going through it. I said, man, I got to try that recipe of the guacamole. <laughs> I got to try this prayer. I got to, I, I need this checklist right here. But you yeah. share beautiful moments in this book. You can go get it right now. Start reading a book that can reveal what's in your heart as well. The book is called The Return, Reflections on Loving God Back. You know, my wife, I, I, I got to go back and read the mystery because Listen, if you're in a relationship, if you are married or maybe you're dating someone for, for a long time, you know we don't always get it right. We always have, you know, days that, boy, I know I mess up a lot, you know. <laughs> I need a lot of help. I need a counselor, you know. But I want to tell you something. I have to learn every single day how to romance my wife back with words, by being kind, you know, action, showing action, and just being fruitful with those actions. I know it doesn't seem very churchy and very, you know, everything that the church teaches you, but you got to get out of that mentality. We have to go back and realize loving God with our lives, everyday events in our lives, simple actions to remind God that you love him back as well. Listen, I found it very, very helpful when I began to read The Return what message do you have to that one person that is watching that 
has heard your story and maybe finds themselves in a struggle trying to figure life out. When they get your book, when they read your book, what message do you want them to get out of your writings? We have a devotional called Reflect Love Back. And um, I, I did that so that people could learn to love the scripture because that's what held me really is the scripture. And I would speak to, you don't need to buy my book if you don't have money to buy my book, but you do need to know that God um, will give you himself if you ask him. (laughs) That's the whole point of Jesus's death. And we are made to be united with God. And until then, we will feel restless. We will feel empty. We will try everything and it will not satisfy. And so he says he's a good father, not like an earthly father um, who can sometimes make mistakes or not know the right thing to do. He says that in the scripture, it says that if you ask for an egg, he's not going to give you a snake or um, or a piece of bread. You know, he's not going to give you a snake and turn. He's not going to have something behind his back trying to trick you. Um, but if you ask for the Holy Spirit, which is his spirit, the same spirit that was Christ from the dead, he will give that to you. And so, so to ask for um, God to come into your life and to ask for forgiveness because of the blood of Jesus, to ask for the Holy Spirit particularly, um, and then open up the scriptures with the Holy Spirit teaching you, um, you'll start to see his love everywhere you look, not just in the scriptures, but totally in the scriptures and confirming what he's, how he's loving you through everything else. And so I, I want to tell somebody, if you're struggling to know if God is real, um, I can just tell you, um, there's a reason why I'm sitting here talking to you right now. And not everybody gets to meet somebody who had a face-to-face encounter with God. And, and that's me. Um, he's real, whether, whether people believe it or not, you will see him when you step outside your body and, and to face him is terrifying, um, because of how we judged everything and all of our sin separates us, but he is inviting you to come anyway and not to hide because of the blood of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, so just cry out to him in honesty and really ask him, Lord, if you don't know, just say, God, if you're real, show me. If Jesus is your son and he is God in the flesh, show me. And if you can give me your Holy Spirit to live inside me, then I want it. And he'll do that because he's a good father. Mm, There you have it. My time is gone for today. Lacey Sturm, the author, best-selling author of The Return, Reflections on Loving God Back. You can get the book. I'm going to put the link on the screen. I want to thank you for being with me today, Lacey. Thank you for your message. Thank you for being real. We need more people like you that can be real and share life and share how you are able to make it through together. Listen, sharing one another's story, the Bible says we will fulfill the law. We will fulfill the word. We will fulfill the very purpose that we were here for, for one another. We need one another. No matter what you're going through right now, keep the faith. It's going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.